Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Hey, what do you make of the reality in business today that men can be really bossy and get away with it, but once a woman looks to be bossy, she's, oh, too bossy or gets a worse label than that? Well, today I'm going to teach you ladies how to be assertive and at the same time, keep your employees loving you. You got to learn that skill and I'm the gal to teach it. And how do you leave the workforce to raise your kids and come back into the workforce swinging that bat like you used to? How do you build up your confidence? What should you be doing? Well, today we're talking to a lady who's a little down on her luck and we're going to help her get her foot in the door and get her career back in full swing. Hi, Barbara. This is Jessica from Upstate New York. I'm a procurement manager, and I've always looked up to you, and I'm I'm wondering more about personality-wise, how you manage being a strong woman in this business or any industry. Sometimes I feel like women struggle between being respected and having to be assertive enough to be respected so they're not walked all over, but in the same breath, balancing not being aggressive where they come off as the B word. Sometimes I feel women have that struggle, whereas men don't. They can be firm and, you know, don't have to worry about their facial expressions and how they act and their tone. They can just say what they're thinking. And sometimes women, I feel, have to balance that. And I'm wondering how you overcome that or rather that anxiety of always having to feel you have to um, put on a front, if you will. Thank you. Thanks for your question. I appreciate it coming in. Thank you. Oh, you are so wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. It's a great question because I I hear a woman wonder about this a lot. So I'm appreciative. So give me an example. Your question uh, hits the heart of an issue that women deal with every day, which is how do you uh, speak with authority, manage with authority and not be labeled a bitch, right? Uh, that label comes out so fast. It's like a, a fallback label in, in business today, you know, but give me an example, if you don't mind, Jesse, of a situation where you're giving a certain command or request or whatever to someone and how you might deliver that. I honestly think it's more talking to a superior, if anything, because it's a lot easier being a manager and speaking to somebody um, that you may be a superior to, especially since you can put yourself in their position. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I like to lead with kindness and to be treated how I would like to be treated. I think it's more of just interacting on a general basis with your superior. And um, I guess more of a specific scenario is when you're in, when you're in maybe meetings with them, you're trying to lead without being overbearing. Um, without stepping on their toes. But then if you back off too much, then you look inept sometimes. And I think that's what I've struggled with. Okay. What I'd like you to do is be at that meeting mentally for yourself right now. Okay. And uh, picture your superior there. Yeah. And you want to make make yourself known or give your opinion or make a suggestion. How would that sound? 
I would like to be come off as confident as I can. Um, the words of how you would picture an actual situation. You want to get your procurement asking for something or saying you need to have budgets or or you'd like to change this or that. Just role play with me for a minute. Yeah. Okay. I'm your superior. I'm your superior. Look at me. I'm looking across the table. With well, that's easy to, to picture. So. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I think that we should make this decision to um, go forward with this vendor. I think that they have um, great experience. Um, I think that they could really help us as far as um, budgeting goes. And um, I'm confident in my vetting of them in this process. And um, I would like to go forward. Okay. Now I'm going to edit you if I could. Okay. That might be most helpful to you. Right. Um, when you're supervising other people that report to you, uh, if you're a good manager, you have the gift of empathy. You can walk in their shoes and you don't really have to give it much thought as to how you're going to come across, whether you're going to command, whether you're going to be too tough, too sweet, because you've walked in those shoes. You used to work for somebody just like you a short while ago. You're young. And so it's an easy execution. But what you have as a liability talking to your superior is you have not yet walked in those shoes. So it's hard for you to slip in those shoes and see things from their perspective. You have to second guess it. And of course, you're in the uh, position of being an under person, which is never a powerful position in anything you do in life, right? right. Somebody's got the control. Half your power kind of goes out the window from the get-go. And it has nothing to do with who you are. I always thought, myself, uh, being a woman and mostly in a man's world and having many bosses that were predominantly men, except for one Amanda lady who was as bad as my male bosses, honestly, she scared me more, really? <laughs> but, but I had, a, I struggled with that as well. So I can address it. I learned a couple of things. I would change my voice. Number one, you have a sweet, uh, pleasing voice, uh, and just a 20% twist on it would have you come across with your superiors vastly differently. So I think you have to have a voice for who you supervised and a different voice for who supervises you. When I was listening to the delivery that you just gave me, I think it lacked authority uh, for speaking to a superior, which is quite odd because you think they have the authority, but you can right. cluster up, measure right up to their authority. Okay. So I'll give you a different rendition of what you just said. Hey, is it, and I can't exactly mimic your words, but you, you'll get the gist of it. <laughs> hey, there's a supplier here that I want to use, that I want to use, not we want to use, or we think would be good for us, but I want to use. That's authority. I want to use. You have an opinion, okay? I want to use, and let me tell you why. That's how guys talk. They don't say, <laughs> yeah, they do talk like that. And let me tell you why. They're cheaper almost like a bullet point. You got to talk like a guy who's presenting, you know, a bullet point. And let me tell you why they're cheaper. They're reliable. I checked out their references. Uh, they would fit our company exactly right. Whatever your reasons are, always have just three. I find that women tend to go on and on in long paragraphs. Men do not. That's boom, 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 you know, mm -hmm. and when you go into that meeting or that get together, even spur of the moment, uh, you probably have an idea of what you're after. You, you want to sell them on, on using the supplier. So mm -hmm. think it through and write on a piece of paper, three bolts, boom, boom, boom. What are the reasons? Mm -hmm. And you could use that again and again and again. You could say, all right, well, um, I thought the hesitation here might be because you're worried about it. Let me tell you why. I love that expression. Let me tell you why. It commands attention. It's not bitchy. You're not saying, I want, to, I want to tell you what to do. That's bitchy. But let me tell you why. 
They could take it or leave it. All right. The other thing I learned is there's no more powerful tool than a compliment. Uh, with the people you've learned that uh, report to you, you give someone a compliment, you get the best work. You give a boss a compliment, you get their best side. Okay. I used to give out, I would actually say I was a queen of bullshit compliments to guys that I worked for. Like, whoa, you're handsome today. Of course, if they said that to me, they might be put in jail. But as a woman, you have a little bit more liberty. Wow, nice tie. Very nice tie. You know, I love not, that. <laughs> So try to warm up the room to get them to like you, but that's not nearly as powerful as the tonality of how you speak after that. That's what I'm, that's what I think is I most agree. important. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly how I feel in that. I feel like sometimes women have to be mindful of that. And I think it's important for us, for us to understand ourselves better and how we come across and how to better ourselves. Absolutely. And you know, what's interesting is if you're that way uh, with the bosses and if there's any parties that bear witness to that. You're also teaching the women under you how to speak. You know, um, I used to practice my speaking uh, in advance of something that I would, was important, like pitching a big wheel developer on giving me a job when everybody uh, I know was going to see me as a cute girl because I was so young. You know, um, I used to stand up and do my practicing. Somehow that gave me power. I didn't stand up when I was there. Once in a while, I could do it. I stand up and like, whoa, let me tell you, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but uh, standing up gives you a, a, certain, a certain power, you know? And it doesn't mean you can't smile and charm and look pretty and wear the right dress and show off your legs. I mean, why not play it up? Guys play up this crap about working out all the time and they're wearing tight shirts and looking like they're buff. That's a status thing or fancy watch. The guys do it. Yeah, they do. Yes, yeah, so I always wore bright red suits to be noticed, especially in a crowd of men. And I always uh, shortened you wore your skirts. skirts. You said, yeah. yeah, I rolled up the band on my skirts above my knee, so because uh, I had good legs, I wanted to show it off. You know, and you're so uh, classy. I love that. Yeah, but um, can I tell you, use whatever tools you do, but you you can't underestimate the power of good communication from a perspective of authority. And if you think for a minute that you can't. Uh, get, muster up your confidence to come across that way, just think to yourself, hey, listen, what would a guy do? I used to role play guys. So I still do it in my life. Uh, some, some days I'm sitting on Shark Tank and I can't honestly uh, get my voice heard. I can't cut in. I can't cut in. Lori's got an advantage. She has a deep voice, but I have a light voice. I have a hard time cutting and cutting in. I try like four times to cut in, but I go out of my way to try to bring my other voice to Shark Tank. Not the voice I use at the office here. I say, hey, man, how are you doing? Now? It's totally different on Shark Tank. So you can even picture yourself maybe on Shark Tank, whatever. But you have to picture that other Jesse. You need two Jessies for the job. How long did it take you to figure this out, do you think, in your business? You inch, know, by like, inch, inch by inch. Inch by inch. But what speeds you up is feeling insulted or less than. If I felt less than ignored or insulted or not heard, uh, for someone like me, it was the best motivator. I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Okay. Nothing's, uh, you know, insult could be a great motivator. Insults don't always come in the form of direct insults. They're quietly dealt out in the workplace. I believe if you feel slightly diminished or insecure, realize somebody's insulting you. You know, you switch to the other Jesse. Does that make sense? Yep. Switch it on and off. I get it. I understand that. Okay. That makes sense. You're very capable. I could, I could tell the way you speak, you think logically, it's rock solid on your feet. Uh, there's 
no reason in the world where anybody should intimidate you. Yeah. Thank you. I think Eleanor Roosevelt said that too, not without she, your consent. Gee, gosh, I'm in good company. I'll, <laughs> I'll one last story. I was at a meeting last night with, uh, I don't know how many guys were there. A big boardroom, intimidating boardroom, you know, mahogany, dark desk. You knew a guy, a guy designed that room because it was so boring. But I sat there with maybe two dozen men. They were all very wealthy, all hugely successful in business. And, uh, when we're going around the room introducing ourselves, I actually was ashamed of myself. By the time they got to me, I'm like the eighth person in, I was less accomplished than them. Uh, they were, knew how to really parade what they were doing and their, what they were about to do and they were kings of the universe. And I had to start to speak, hear my small voice, hear my own insecurity. I was, cause I was measuring myself against them. And I realized, oh, I forgot years ago, I promised myself I'd never measure. And I got my pride right into my chest. And I started speaking and commanded their respect. But I had to stop myself short. And look at how many years I've been doing it. You always have to work at it. Always have to work at it. Makes sense? That's great. Thank you so much for that advice. That's amazing. And I, I really respect you and I appreciate you as a role model. So thank hey, listen, you. Listen, easy to give advice, hard to do it, right? <laughs> true. It's true. Okay. Jesse, I'll look to great things. Uh, you're perfect for the chairman of the board. It's Barbara. Just call her. It's Barbara. Hello, this is Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Yes, I would love a couple of questions answered on your next podcast, if uh, possible. Um, I am actually new to the real estate uh, industry, and I lost my job back in February. I am a single mom, 42-year-old single mom raising a 14-year-old son. Um, just to kind of give you uh, my circumstances, I have no credit. That's been used because I've had to live, um, and I'm actually broke. So, but however, within I started researching real estate investing back in November. After losing my job, I closed my first deal within a month and a half. Uh, that this was just a couple of weeks ago. So um, my questions to you um, are: number one, I need to be I need to be bringing money in while I learn. So do you have any recommendations for getting my foot into the door with a realtor or within this industry with no prior experience? Um, number two, how can I become a better salesperson? And number three, how should I best position myself as an agent um, slash investor in this market so that I'm still serving others, but I am still being able financially secure uh, to be able to grow my real estate investments? Um, I'm thinking about getting my real estate license to better facilitate these closings. So... Um, Anyways, if you have any best advice for that, I would love to hear it. Okay, so I have a few questions to get started with. Sure. Uh, questions on your questions. You said you made your first deal in a month and a half, but you're also asking advice on how to get your real estate license. So it seems like in reverse order. What's the skinny there? Right. Well, so I'm doing, have you ever heard of wholesaling? Well, real estate. wholesaling, but wholesaling, no, real estate, no, I have not. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, 
and whatever you want to call it, it's not, it's not really real estate investing. What you do is you it sounds kind of illegal to, already. It sounds illegal. Go ahead. It's not, okay. but I will tell you in Illinois, you can only do it once. And if you get, if you get caught, you will be fine. Um, well, let me, here, let me, this is about your sale. You make made in one and a half months. You didn't need a license to make that sale. No, I did not. Amazing. So, so it was wholesaling. It's wholesaling real estate and it's off market property. So it's foreclosures, um, it's vacant homes. I negotiate a price with the property owner. You bought it for yourself? No, I work with cash buyers. Uh -huh. So I negotiate a price with the seller and the cash buyer. Uh -huh. I get my fee by an assignment fee uh -huh. that I give to the cash buyer. I see. So it's not technically, it's really not. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me get clarification on that. You get your fee by, tell me one more time. By assigning a fee to the cash buyer. So the cash buyer in essence pays you the fee for Correct. finding the property, closing the deal. He's happy. He pays you the fee. So it's a basically a buyer fee, but you still don't need a license for that. I'm just surprised to hear that. I'll take you on face value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, because it's, wholesale. it's wholesaling and well, title companies are really starting to come down on it. They are. Um, I think, you know, that old expression, if it looks like a fish and smells like a fish, I couldn't imagine somebody not coming down on it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Cause it, it'll, it'll be taken advantage of. Um, oh. and it already has been. So sure. I was, you know, I've been, I've been called a couple names in the oh. process of doing it. So I, the way you said that, I felt a note of shame. Are you ashamed of that? No, I'm not. Okay. So, and the reason being is because I go for the home buyers, like I said, pre foreclosures. Um, I've, well, that my first one was a vacant home that I did do a second one that I just closed on, on the 4th of May. And it was a pre foreclosure. They had an auction date that was set the second week of June. Um, you on the, the courtroom steps or you approached the, you had some, some service that gave you the heads up on the, it coming available and then you approached them early and closed it before it was actually auctioned off. Is that how it goes? Correct. Yeah, I see. Mm -hmm. You jumped the gun. Um, I'd say I'd call it a jump the gun business versus wholesaling. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I like to think of it as I'm helping somebody out of a financial crunch that they really don't know what to do with because they're so overwhelmed. Are they paid a fair price? Do you think? Um, well, it depends on what their balance is, uh, what they owe for their mortgage. Um, it, usually the cash buyer will come in and purchase the price at 30%, anywhere between 20 and 30% low market value. So it all really depends if there's liens or if there's um, how much they owe on their mortgage. I would typically think that these people would have a large mortgage and they wouldn't break even or at the best would be they leave without anything, not owing the bank. Uh, well, exactly. Not making money. Is that typically the scene? Correct. Yeah. Not yes. a very popular business called a vulture business. When in our neck of the woods in the New York area, they call it the vulture business. You, know? you don't feel like a vulture, you don't feel badly, and you feel like everybody's gotten a great shake, even the homeowner who got out of their house without owing money. So you feel right. that's a great shake for them? 
Well, I do. I mean, because it, it created they, this gentleman, he just, he didn't know what else to do. So he was, he was appreciative um, versus it going into a foreclosure because it would have. And the buyer um, bought 30% off on the value. So that buyer was happy too. How about the second sale? Same situation. So that was my second sale. Um, first. my first sale was actually a joint venture with a gentleman here in town. Um, it was a vacant home. So tired landlord, um, he started doing some work to the property and couldn't finish it. Um, he had some really bad tenants in there that just completely destroyed the place. Uh, he was an older gentleman looking at retirement. He just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Um, so we ne negotiated a price with him. And I found a cash buyer out of Denver, Colorado. Um, and I just, I, we assigned a small fee. It's not a huge amount of fee, but it is for doing the work. Can I ask you, um, did that gentleman, that older gentleman leave with any cash or was it a break even for him? He just got out of the mortgage. No, he left, he left with 40,000 after we paid off his mortgage. And the buyer again got like a 30% off the market value. Correct. Okay, so this is an anomaly kind of real estate business, and I'm not to judge. Uh, I'm sure you'll be called a lot of names because mm -hmm. people take advantage of hardship. Even I find when it makes sense in the real estate business, they get called all kinds of names. Is this something you want to pursue that you enjoy doing? No, I did it because I needed fast cash. I see. All right, that's yeah. honest. Very, very upfront of you to say that so plainly. Most people would not. Right. And now what do you want to do? You want to get into the real estate business and that now explains why you're saying, how do I get a fast license and how do I get a fast start and what's the best way to start? Okay. So let me answer. Oh, is there something else? Yes. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily a fast start. I want to be able, cause I am, I am currently studying to obtain my license right now. Um, so a little bit has changed since I left the recording for you. And I, you know, I, I spoke with a brokerage. They're helping me get my license. It was actually a pretty reasonable price to obtain that license um, that I'm paying for right now. Mm -hmm. So I guess in a way, I mean, I would like to know to kind of help put my foot in the, get my foot in the door to kind of uh, learn more about the industry while I'm trying to obtain that license. I happen to think, uh, because I've trained, I've hired, trained so many agents. I've seen how other firms have done it. I've stolen the best ideas and left the rest. Um, I happen to think there's one method of getting into the real estate business that is the smartest method, uh, where you learn the fastest and you make money the fastest. And it mm -hmm. has nothing to do with whether it's a large company, small company, any company. As long as you're hiring, you're being hired by the top agent to work for them. I think when you join a winning team, the big producers at the top, and even if you offer to be an unpaid employee, which is usually isn't the case, it's usually just like cost per showing or 10 bucks an hour. Or I think to become a slave of a top agent is the smartest way to go into the real estate business. Okay. Uh, you're going to be sitting next to part of the day watching this, uh, the listing presentations, learning the trade from the best versus a textbook. But most importantly, top agents always have more work than they can handle and they need to throw off work. 
something, uh, you know, they're selling a high priced home and then the, the mother who had the high priced home says, I need a studio for my son and they don't really want to handle it. It's not a lot, a lot of commission and you wind up with helping the son. Well, the son then okay. buys a two bedroom, then he buys his house when he gets married. And so you get the, the not desirable business, but you get the business thrown off. You sit at open houses and maybe collect the customers there because that top agent doesn't want to sit at an open house on a Saturday or Sunday. I just think when you, you fly in the circle of someone who's top at their field, you get the exhaust business. And more importantly, you learn real fast how to make a killing in real estate. Okay. Yeah, that's what I would definitely recommend. Is there a top agent you could uh, approach within that firm that's, it doesn't have to be that firm, I guess the company that's paying for your licensing. Have you checked out who the top agents are? I have not. Mm -hmm. You should know the lay of that land because the money makers okay. are the ones that count in any agency and very few of them make really most of the money. So top 10 or okay. 15%, that's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. You and that's okay. Yeah, you can check that out online. I think if you if you just see what listings they have and how many listings they have, which is cer certainly available online, a one by one go through everybody in that company, you'll know who the top agents are right away. That's who you want to be. By the way, I'm going to tell you something, Amy. Uh, you look tough as nails. Uh, that you could, in a good way, kind of tough. Like you could do really well in real estate. I think Thank you. I appreciate that. Do you think this is your calling? My sense is you do very well in the field. Are you sure this is what you want to do? It is. Um, I've thought about it for the last few years. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I haven't uh, taken the step forward was because there wasn't as much information out there to help people obtain that license and know where to go afterwards yes. and how to really kind of get that get foot in the door. Right, how to get the foot, your foot in the door. But it's amazing. I've talked to three different brokerages now and all of them have been extremely helpful, gave me a ton of information um, on where to get licensing, where, you know, where to start off. Um, Do you know why they've been so forthcoming with you, frankly? Because they see in you someone who will make sales. That's why it's self-serving really. I mean, it's nice that they help you out there, but it's self-serving. It's the thing, this lady's a seller. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So just um, pick, make sure you pick the right person with the chemistry's right, but the sales and volume are there. That's key. Cause you want someone exhausted from sales. So you get the leftovers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Good luck. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. -A -A -A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.